looking at chapter 23, verses 20 to 23, as we talk about lion chasers this morning. Lion chasers this morning, that's what we're talking about. And uh, we've been talking about lion chasers are um, people who go after God-ordained opportunities. God-ordained opportunities that... Um, God puts our way that have the uh, opportunity to bring great glory to him, to help us connect with him, get closer to him. And so that's kind of what we've been looking at on Sunday mornings. So today, 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 20 to 23, let's see what God's word says. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was a valiant fighter from Kabzeel. He performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down a huge Egyptian. Although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benaiah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Such were the exploits of Benaiah, son of Jehoiada. He too was as famous as the three mighty warriors. He was held in greater honor than any of the 30, but he was not included among the three. And David put him in charge of his bodyguard. How many of you know life can be uncertain sometimes, right? Yeah, life is uncertain. Life is uncertain when you follow God. Life's uncertain in family. Life's uncertain in a lot of ways. And um, especially when you factor children in. Children can make life uncertain in a lot of ways. Last Sunday night, Laura had preschooler praise. She had four of our smaller kids in preschooler praise. And so they were making get well cards for Mr. Glenn. And so she said, yeah, I want to make get well cards for Mr. Glenn. All four of them were all in. I uh, want to do that, so they wrote, we love you, Mr. Glenn, we're praying for you. Had stickers, stickers are big hits with the little, with the little kids, right? So they made stickers and all that. And so when they got done, uh, JV, uh, Javante and Michelle, and uh, Melanie's little girl, uh, she said, I want to make one for my, for my mommy and daddy. And so Laura said, well, that'd be great, we'll make one for your mommy and daddy. And so they got a piece of ca cardboard and wrote, I love mommy and daddy on there, and put stickers and stuff on there. And so Laura said, um, Maddie was in there as well, said, Maddie, do you want to make one for your mommy and daddy? Yes, I want to make one for my mommy and daddy too. And so she was able to make one. And so then she um, asked Isaiah, Isaiah, that would be Holt's son, asked Isaiah, Isaiah, you want to make one for your mommy and daddy? Nope. <laughs> It's like, Isaiah, we can put stick, you know, stickers on the big hit. We can put stickers on it. You mean, we can write, I love you, Mommy and Daddy, put stickers, and it'll make them so happy. You want to do that for your Mommy and Daddy? No. Like, all right, so Sawyer was the other one in the group, uh, Gabe and Megan's little boy. And so she said, uh, Sawyer, do you want to make one for your Mommy and Daddy? I want to make one for my Daddy. <laughs> and so she said, all right. So they got the construction, you make stickers on it, got the construction paper out. And she said, you want me to write, I love you, mommy and daddy on yours for you? Write, I love you, daddy. <laughs> so Sawyer was fairly specific. Megan said he, she thinks he's still a little miffed at her about bringing Maggie, the new daughter, <laughs> the new sister home. And uh, plus Megan's the one at home doing the discipline during the day when Gabe's at work. And so um, anyway, the, so anyway, life can be uncertain when you factor the kids in. And when you start following Jesus, life can get pretty uncertain there as well. Um, God doesn't um, give us guarantees on everything that we have commands for. God doesn't tell us, promise us how everything's going to turn out. When you put uh, following Jesus on the table, this is what I'm going to do, then by nature, I mean by definition, you're giving up control of your life to Jesus. And so some of the, and by the way, 
life is not certain for a person who doesn't follow Jesus, right? Life's not certain for anybody. And, and we've been studying this guy named Benaiah. The Bible says he went into a pit and killed a lion on a snowy day. Don't think that was in his five-year life plan. I don't think his wife asked it, uh, Benaiah, what you plan on doing tomorrow? Well, forecast calls for snow. Uh, thought I might go into a pit and kill a lion. It just wasn't on his to-do list because it was an uncertain thing. We, we often find that in following Jesus. As a matter of fact, it would be an interesting conversation if we could all sit around the table this afternoon and say, what kind of circumstances have you found yourself in that, were, that you just never saw coming because you followed Jesus? See, there are some things in, in life that are just uncertain you don't see coming, but if you've been following Jesus very long, you've probably found yourself in some situations, some circumstances that you didn't see coming. If you have not, you might consider, are you following Jesus? Or are you just kind of doing a church thing and tacking a little bit of Jesus onto your life? Because Jesus will lead you into the uncertain times, scary times, intimidating things. That's why we're talking about lion chasers, lions being those God-ordained opportunities. And oftentimes, they look a little intimidating, look a little bit frightening, look a little bit, a little bit uncertain. And that's what the idea today is. We need to say, Lord, I want to embrace the uncertainties of following Jesus. Are you willing to do that today? Are you willing to embrace the uncertainties in pursuing God? Are you willing to embrace the uncertainties of pursuing revival? I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to think about today saying, you know what? Lord willing, I want to be there every revival service. Because you don't know what God may do in one particular revival service. Last year, we had Rob Jackson here. By the way, uh, David Franklin reminds me of Rob in, in several ways, and one of them is the, the in-tuneness both of them seem to have with the Holy Spirit. Anytime I talk to Rob or David, either one on the phone, uh, I get off thinking, I want to be more like Jesus. I want to I have a closer walk. I want to have an ear that hears God like these guys hear him. And if y'all remember last year on Tuesday night, uh, Rob had left his home, and he told his wife, he said, and he had told me the night before, I think I'm going to preach on 1 John. And uh, he left his home that day, and on the way, and, and when he left, he told his wife, he said, you know, I was planning on preaching on 1 John, I think I'm going to preach on Luke 9.23. some reason, Luke 9.23 has my heart, and he walked into the, into the sanctuary that Tuesday night, set his Bible on the front pew, somebody had prayer walked the church, and left a, a note there on that front pew that said, somebody prayed for you today, Luke 9, 23. Somebody say, wow, God. And he came to the back. We were eating. He came to the back. He had that piece of paper in his hand. He said, God just gave me the confirmation. You never know what God's going to do in a particular service, on a particular night. So I want to encourage you to embrace the uncertainty of inviting somebody to come with you. Inviting somebody that, that might would come on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday night and see what God might do in their life. Are you willing to embrace some uncertainties? You don't know what it means, what God might say, what they might say, but you're willing to say, I want to go all in with Jesus. I got an idea that a lot of people in the Bible had some uncertainties about how this was going to go. We, we read them and we kind of get used to the stories and we forget. Benaiah didn't know how this was going to turn out when he went into the snowy pit with the lion. I, I just kind of have a hard time imagining that he felt really cool about that. He's probably shaking in his sandals, amen? 
I got an idea that Paul and Silas, when they were singing at midnight and praising God, they don't know there's going to be an earthquake. They don't know that the doors are going to fall up. They don't know that they're going to get a chance to lead the jailer to Christ. When Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, he doesn't know how this is going to turn out. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get thrown in the fiery furnace, there's uncertainty there. The guys that threw them in got burned up. It was so hot. They don't know how this is going to turn out. And so the idea that uh, following Jesus is an idea of being willing to embrace some uncertainties, trusting that God will be with you, trusting that God is worth it, trusting that Jesus' plan for your life is bigger, better than anything you could come up with on your own. So I know there's some people here sitting here today that following Jesus has put you in some places you never saw coming. I know one person for sure today that never saw being a pastor coming. <laughs> I know one person for sure today that never saw being a pastor's wife coming, <laughs> and neither did anybody in her Sunday school class. I know some people today that never saw that following Jesus was going to mean they were going to speak and pray with people in jail. I know some people here today that never saw following Jesus meant they were going to go door to door in Haiti uh, sharing their faith. I know some people here today that never saw following Jesus meant they were going to get on an airplane for the first time in their life and fly to a foreign country. And it was going to be because of Jesus. I know some people here today never thought that following Jesus meant they would stand here and give a testimony or a one-word testimony about Christ. I know some people never thought they would be baptized in front of the church, never thought they'd make a profession of faith or join the church. Some people here today have shared Christ with their family or prayed with people that, that they didn't know how they would respond to that. Some people may have said at school, is it okay? If we ask the blessing today, some of you have done that at work. Is it okay if we ask the blessing? Are you willing to embrace some uncertainties in following Jesus? Faith demands it. By nature, faith means you don't know exactly how it's going to turn out every time you start following Jesus. Now, we know we're saved, right? We know we're going to heaven. We know God's never going to forsake us. We know there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And so embracing God's uncertainties, what it means is we will, we're willing to embrace some uncertainties knowing that there are some certainties we can bank on. We'll talk about three things today as we think about this. Talk about three things we think about embracing these uncertainties. Are you willing to embrace some uncertainties today? First of all, let's look at the opportunities. Let's look at the opportunities. We don't know. See, these opportunities... To chase the lion, these God-ordained opportunities to share Christ, to show Christ's love, to be on mission with Jesus, to, to bring glory to God, we don't always know when they're going to show up, do we? We don't always know how they're going to show up. We don't always know what they're going to look like when they show up. We don't always know how odd it might look when they show up. We don't always know who all is going to be involved whenever they show up. But the thing is, we need to be able to pre-decide that whatever opportunity God brings my way, then I'm going for it. Because I love Jesus. Not because the pastor said so, not because I'm reading the book, but because I love Christ. One of the things in the Lion Chaser Manifesto, one of the lines that's been grabbing me uh, this week is this line where, you, where Mark says, grab opportunity by the mane and don't let go. <laughs> grab opportunity. Look, man, be looking for me. Be, be excited about the opportunities that God has for you to be involved with Him and His 
work. I would imagine if Benaiah and his wife sat down the day before, and she said, by the way, what do you plan on doing tomorrow? Well, you know, I was trying to think about chasing a lion in a pit since it's going to be snowing and killing me. And I could imagine Benaiah's wife saying, uh, why don't you take Aunt Susie some firewood? <laughs> Snowing, Aunt Susie probably needs firewood. Uh, be careful, don't hit your foot with the axe. But I think that's a really, much, a really better idea than chasing a lion in a pit on a snowy day. Mark Batterson says this, here's one of the biggest mistakes many of us make in our relationship with God. We focus our energies on telling God exactly what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. And we want to tell God, this is how I want my life to go, this is how I want my kids to go, this is how I want my job to go, this is how I want my finances to go, instead of saying, Lord, you're the leader. You're God. I trust you. I may not know how all this is going to work out. I don't have to know how it's all going to work out. I don't have to know. I know enough. I know enough about your love. I know enough about forgiveness. I know enough about heaven. I know enough about what it means to be your child. I don't have to have every circumstance or situation I get involved in. I don't have to know what the end of it is. What if instead, what if instead of spending all of our energy making plans for God, we spent that energy seeking God? What if we spent our energy not saying, God, please keep me safe and please keep the kids safe and please don't let us get sick and please don't anybody be mean to my children please and I'm, all, I'm for all that well what if we spent that energy saying God what do you want for me what's your opportunity what's the lion chasing opportunity you have for me this day you see faith doesn't necessarily reduce uncertainties faith embraces uncertainty watch this it banks on God's certainties. There are some things we know. God's always the same, right? We just sang about that a minute ago. The God of Moses, the God of David, the God of Mary, same God that you and I serve. We can bank on the fact that he's forgiven us if we're Christians. We can bank on the fact that the Holy Spirit lives within us. We can bank on the fact that if our mind is set on the Spirit, he gives life and peace. We can bank on the fact that spiritually he's taking care of us. We can bank on the fact if we're saved that we're going to end up in heaven one day because Paul said in Philippians 3.20, I read it yesterday, that our citizenship is in heaven today. It's already there so knowing the certainties of God that nothing can separate me from his love that he's always with me never forsakes me that I can embrace some of the uncertainties on li in life are you willing to obey God in areas that you had not planned are you willing this week when someone says I'm having such a hard time in my life right here are you willing to say could I pray with you about mind if I pray with you right there about that right now are you willing to say that you're talking to somebody that maybe you don't know real well and you're willing to say you know what our church is having a revival I'd love for you to come to revival with me or maybe in revival are you willing to walk in the fellowship hall at the meal time and look around and say God who do you want me to sit with Who's somebody here that, uh, that I could sit with that I don't know very well or maybe they're kind of new and maybe I could encourage them a little bit. Maybe today you hadn't even thought about it, but as we worship, you get the idea that God wants you to kneel at the altar at the end of the service and surrender some uncertainty and say, God, I'm going to quit telling you how to do this. And I'm going to concentrate my energies on following you 
through it. Maybe it's so you need to apologize to somebody. Maybe it's something in your prayer life that you need to follow God in. But here's the thing, guys. Maybe faith, watch this, maybe faith has less to do with gaining knowledge and more to do with the wonder and excitement and adventure of following after Jesus. You see, a relationship with God is going to complicate your life. <laughs> Y'all, anybody didn't know that? Say amen. It's going to complicate your life, but it's going to complicate your life in good way. A lot of things complicate your life. Having children complicates your life. Can I get an amen? Uh, I mean, it does. Getting married complicates your life, right? Going on vacation might complicate your life. But these are good complicated. You want them. You embrace them. You're glad for them, right, because they're worth it. Sin, watch this. Sin complicates your life in ways it should never have to be complicated. Sin throws the bad complications into your life. I heard, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine one time, it's been years ago. Somebody had mistreated some people in her family, mistreated them pretty bad. And um, she was praying about, uh, she had forgiven them, but she was praying about, uh, she was praying for them. She felt like God said, you yeah, pray for those who use you and despitefully persecute you. And they had kind of done that through their family. And so she was praying for them and uh, like God wanted her to do. And she felt like God said, all right, you've forgiven them. Now I want you to bake them a cake. See, you know, God brought that, that, that idea that he causes it to rain on the just and unjust. He sends rain for the farmer's crops so the good guys and the bad guys, right? Just saved and unsaved. And so that was something that she said when she heard that, you know, her first thought was, I rebuke you, devil. <laughs> that can't be, that can't be God. But that, it was an unplanned, but it was a, it was a blessing when she did it. First thing is the opportunity. Second thing, we need to look at the obstacles because the obstacles are the fear. The intimidation. I don't know this, how this is going to go. I don't know what people will say about me, what they'll think about me. You see, you embrace the uncertainty. Jesus was and is unpredictable. <laughs> the day I was working on this message, I, I was reading Luke 6 in my quiet time. Watch, watch the unpredictability here. One Sabbath, Luke 6, 1 to 2, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. The disciples began to pick some heads of grain, rub them in their hands and eat the kernels. Some of the Pharisees asked, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? So he got in trouble with the Pharisees for doing things on the Sabbath they didn't think he ought to be doing. Watch what happens, Luke 6, 6, 6 through 10. On another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue, he was teaching. Now, he's already in trouble for doing things on the Sabbath he shouldn't do, right? He's already kind of got people on his bad side. They're talking about him. They're making plans to kill him. And so he's in a synagogue on a Sabbath day. There's a man there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse him, so they were watching him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Y'all see the setup here? He's already been in trouble. They're watching him. There's a guy that needs to be healed. Is he going to do it? Why, why not just wait till tomorrow? Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, Get up, stand up in front of everyone. So he got up, stood up in front of everyone. And Jesus said, I ask you. And don't you know he cut his eyes after he gave a little bit of a stink eye to the Pharisees. I ask you, which is lawful? What should I do on the Sabbath? Should I do good or do evil? To save life or destroy? What he says, if I got a chance to bless somebody and I don't do it, that's evil. That's, a, that's one of the big things I hope we're getting, and, and a lot of you told me that you're getting out of the Chase the Lion book, is that following Jesus is not just 
don't sin, don't do something that's wrong. It's actually doing things that are good. It's pursuing God. It's going after God opportunities. And so in verse 10, he looked around at them all and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. Do you see what he did? He just picked a fight. <laughs> I mean, don't you know his disciples are like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Not today. <laughs> you just got busted a, a, a Saturday or two ago. They're watching you. They're here. This, they're, they've set you. I mean, they might have brought the guy there. Who knows? You've been set up. Don't do it. But he does it. He's un, he just is a little bit uncertain. But here's the thing, guys. Nothing is uncertain to God. Amen? Nothing's uncertain to God. I am better off obeying God than I am making excuses for not obeying God. Can I get an amen? I, I can know with certainty my best days are ahead of me. As a believer in Jesus, your best days always ahead of you. I can know for certain that God is here, that God is at work right here, and that whatever God called, whatever God ordained opportunity puts in my way, He wants to use that for my good and His glory. So that gives us the ability, that gives us the wisdom, that gives us know-how to embrace the uncertainties. And so here's your weekly growth suggestion. You ready? Embrace the uncertainties of following Jesus. All right? Watch for them, pray for them, tell God, you've got the right to interrupt my life whatever you want to this week. Read chapter 6, of in a pit with a lion on a snowy day if you got the book. Pray for revival each day, read over the Lion Chasers Manifesto each day, and make plans to come to revival ready to experience God. I was listening to Mark Batterson one time, and he was telling a story about a guy named D. Duncan. D. Duncan was on a street corner in Georgetown, which is in Washington, D.C., had too much to drink, wasn't able to drive home, and so he's on a street corner, and a cab pulls up uh, because D. knew he didn't need to be driving. So this cab pulls up. He gets in the back seat, uh, tells the guy where he wants to go, and as they drive off, the cab, the cab driver said, I never drive in this area of town, but the Lord told me to turn down this street that there was someone that I needed to talk to, and I think you're him. That's how sober you up a little bit, won't it? <laughs> you got a cab prophet here. And uh, in fact, the first thing the driver said to him was, you're doing something you shouldn't have been doing, weren't you? <laughs> That'll kind of sober you up. So he drove uh, D across town and uh, begins to talk to him about the Lord. He begins to talk to him about Christ, uh, talk to him about giving his life to Jesus. And so he starts witnessing to this guy. I mean, he just said, the Lord told me to try. I don't ever drive in this area of town. And I saw you, and it's like, I know you're doing something wrong, and God, God wants a part of your heart. And so he shares Christ with him and says, man, you need to go to church. You need to get yourself in church and, and follow Jesus. The next day, the next day, he went to National Community Church where Mark Batterson was pastor. And he started going to church, got involved in a small group, gave his heart and life to Jesus, ended up going on a mission trip to Zambia. And, um, and, and one day he was sitting, uh, I don't know if it was on the mission trip or in church, but he's sitting about two inches from a lady named Anna, and uh, God does something in their heart, and as us, uh, a year or so later, he kneels down on the stage at National Community Church and asks Anna to be his wife. And she said, no, no, she didn't really. <laughs> the uncertainties, guys. You never know. Be willing to embrace the uncertainties, not knowing what God's going to do next. Oswald Chambers said, to be certain of God means we are uncertain in all of our ways, not knowing what tomorrow may bring. Watch this. This is generally expressed with a sigh of sadness. Man, no telling what God's love will do. But, he said, but Oswald said, no, it should be an expression of breathless 
expectation, a sense of, boy, I wonder what God's going to do today. So we looked at the, um, like the opportunities, the obstacles. Last of all, let's look at the outcomes. When we embrace God in these uncertain ways, not sure how it's going to turn out, the outcome is this. You can have joy that you obey God. Can't promise you everybody you talk to is going to say, thank you for telling me about Jesus. I can't wait to get saved. I can't promise you that everybody you say, can I pray for you? You're going to say, man, I've been hoping somebody would pray for me today. That may happen. I hope it does happen. It does happen sometimes can't promise you every time you chase after Jesus on something, it's going to work out just like you thought it would. But here's what I can say. When you obey God, you can have the peace in your heart, the joy in your life to know, I did what God wanted me to do. I obeyed the Lord. And now what? God, God is responsible for the outcomes. God is responsible for the Results. We're not always sure what they're going to be. I would imagine Benet was shaking in his sandals when he went down there. I would imagine when he killed the other two guys, he was pretty scared about that. I can just imagine these things have all kind of possibility of bad outcomes, but you never get a good outcome if you don't follow, right? You got to get in the game and start following Jesus. I love what Mark Batterson wrote. He said, here's an incredible thought. Long before you woke up this morning, the Holy Spirit was interceding for you. And long after you go to bed tonight, the Holy Spirit will be interceding for you. Man, that ought to be able to change the way we face uncertainties, right? Holy Spirit was praying for me before I ever woke up. After I go to sleep, the Holy Spirit's still going to be praying for me. He's going before me. He's arranging things for me to do. The Bible says there's good works already planned for you. It's time to step into them and see what God does with our with our, um, with our obedience because he's the one. He's the one that's in charge of that. You see, here's the thing. Lion chasers, watch this. Lion chasers are more afraid of lifelong regrets than temporary uncertainty. And this has been one of the big things that's hit me as I've tried to live with Jesus over these past number of years. I want to get, I have not there yet, I want to get to where I'm more conscious of Jesus in my life than I am of anything or anybody else. I'm not there yet either. It's one of my goals in life. To be more aware of Jesus around me than I am anything or anybody else. But then another one, one, another one of my goals is I want to learn to be more afraid of disobedience, more afraid of lifelong regrets than temporary uncertainty. And so the outcome, we say, Lord, what do you want to do? I want to obey you. And God, what you do with it, that is your business. That is what that is up to you. Uh, I want to end with a story about a lady named Corey Ten Boom. Some of you have heard about Corey Ten Boom. Because she's such a beautiful story um, of God's love and God's forgiveness and the faithfulness to God. Corey Ten Boom was uh, raised in Germany and uh, heard her family uh, when Hitler came to power, was persecuting the Jews, put us in, sending them to concentration camps and stuff, Cory Ten Boom and her family hid Jewish people in their homes. And uh, they would hide them, try to protect them from the Nazi regime, and, um, and they got caught. They got caught, and they all got sent to um, concentration camps. And Cory and her sister, Betsy, uh, were sent together uh, to a concentration camp. Um, Betsy died there. She lost her sister. Betsy was a tremendous Christian. Corey talks, uh, she talked before she died, she talked so much about uh, what a wonderful Christian uh, that Betsy uh, was. And they lived there in that concentration camp, shared Christ, shared their food, um, 
and Corey lived. She made it through that. And she went to, to forgive her captors. Uh, she managed to live a life, fruitful life for Jesus um, the rest of her life. Uh, there's a book and a movie about her life called The Hiding Place. If you've never seen the movie or read the book The Hiding Place about Corey Ten Boom, powerful, powerful testimony of a lady who embraced an awful amount of uncertainty uh, to follow Jesus. One of the things that Corey uh, would sometimes do, and she was speaking to, the, to an audience, she'd have an embroidered cloth. And she would often show the wrong side, the part where all the strings are hanging down. Often show the wrong side uh, to the audience while she's speaking. And she said, it looks like a jumbled up mess. Strings, no pattern, no, you can't really tell what it is. One of the things that she would say oftentimes was never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Amen. Give you one more quote of, of uh, Corey, such a good thing. When a tunnel goes, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and trust the engineer. That's good, isn't it? And so at the end of the talk, as she would do her talk about trusting God and telling her story about the concentration camp, hiding Jews and all that kind of stuff, all the persecution she went through, uh, holding that wrong side of that embroidery, uh, embroidery up. When she would get to the end, she would flip it over, and it would be a beautiful picture of a golden crown. And she would say, we see this side. We can't understand. It doesn't always look right. Sometimes it looks like a jumbled up mess. But God is preparing a place for us. God is preparing a robe and a crown, figuratively speaking, preparing a robe and a crown. And one day, it's all going to make perfect sense. And let me read this poem that she would often read in our closing. She said, My life is but a weaving between my God and me. I cannot choose the colors he weaveth steadily. Oftentimes he weaveth sorrow, and I in foolish pride forget that he sees the upper and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttles cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reasons why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern that he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing this truth condemns. He gives the very best to those who leave the choice in him. Think about it. Here's a lady who's lived through a concentration camp. And her poem says, he knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing this truth condemns gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him. Would you stand please with heads bowed and eyes closed? Heads bowed and eyes closed as we come to our commitment time of the service today. Would you be willing to say, Lord, I want to embrace uncertainty. I'm willing to not have to know how everything's going to turn out, how everything's going to go, what everybody's going to say. Will everybody pat me on the back? Lord, just show me the opportunity. I want to release my fear of people. That's a big one, isn't it? I want to release my fear of what somebody's going to say. I want to release my fear of how it's going to go. I want to release my fears of all these opportunities, Lord, that might come my way. And I want to say yes to you and trust you to weave my life, to make something beautiful out of my life in your perspective. Trusting that one day I'll be able to see it was something very, very Father, in Jesus' name, we pray this morning. Uh, knowing that there are uncertainties in following you, some of those are scary and intimidating and bothersome. Lord, thank you that we can trust you. Thank you you've given us enough certainties about yourself, about your promises that we can bank on you. 
we don't know how a particular circumstance is going to go. And Father, I pray for those who are dealing with uncertainties right now, they are trusting to you. Pray for that one, Lord, that may be ready to give his heart and life to Jesus or her heart and life to Jesus. And it's uncertain. They don't know what's going to happen next. Lord, I pray that they would choose to follow you today. I pray for other decisions, God, we would choose to follow you no matter what. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no, no one looking around, at least the place softly this morning. Are you willing to embrace the uncertainty of following